for most of us, we're old enough now that we've left our homes that we were raised in. Here it is on Father's Day, and we think about those times of going back. Some of you will do it today. A lot of activities. Some aren't here today because they're already making those plans. What does that house look like? What is it that you look forward to seeing every time you go in that house? Are there certain smells in the house that remind you of times when you were a child? Are there pictures still on the wall that if you remove them, the sun would have faded everything around them and you see a brighter paint behind that place that's been there so long? Are there certain sounds in the house, a certain step that, that creaks every time you step on it and it takes you back? With that in mind, I wonder about the Father's house. Do you, have you taken time to think about the Father's house? What's it like? We haven't been there, but what is it that, that stirs the imagination? What is it that you look forward to seeing is really there? What are the things that God has put in your heart about that place? Are there others that you've loved here on earth that are already gone from the earth that you just know are there in the Father's house? What are they doing right now? You see, on this Father's Day, we're reminded in the times in which we live that the role of father, grandfather is hugely important for us. So fathers, whether streaming or in person today, own it, live it, show it, love it, know that you're priests of your homes, making influence the way that you do life, the way that you communicate, the way that you do business. You don't always get credit when the children are home and they're young and they're about knee size or hip size, but somewhere if you've done a good job, they're going to come back and then you'll see them or hear from them that, well, I, I do this because my father taught me or I watched him. Grandfather played a big role. We're living in a time now that there's this thing called cancel culture that wants to cancel every father that you've got in your life. They want to cancel out any role of a good action of an earthly father, a national father, and a heavenly father. There's an attack upon gender. There's an attack upon titles. There's an attack upon anything that is foundational. And we know it. So fathers, don't bow to it. Just keep doing what you do. Keep loving it, living it. Because you see, for fathers, we're going to pass something along. We're going to pass along a name. We can pass along some possessions. Some of us can, can pass more of that along than others. We'll pass along inheritance. But the thing that we can pass along that has the most value is a faith. If you have children that aren't serving the Lord now, Dad, but you're living it, just keep living it. It's making an indelible mark. I want you to stand with me as we read from a very familiar passage of Scripture as the Father's house is referenced by our elder brother. 
John chapter 14, the first four verses. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house. See, now we start getting some description. The King James always said there are many mansions, but I like the rendering here. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Let it speak to us again. Let it become resolute in our spirit, in our soul, in our mind. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. This passage, of course, speaks to us at different times in life. I really believe myself it's a reference to the rapture of the church. But what we see here immediately is Jesus addressing the fact that our hearts can be troubled. Today, you don't have to be a father to have a troubled heart. You can just have a troubled heart by being a human, by being a parent. You can have your heart troubled because of the anguish, something you've just lost or something that you have not gained yet, or it's just the struggles of the times that you've never previously faced. And for some of us, it's facing it yet again, and for others, even yet again. I've often said I'm going to write a lot of books, and uh, I usually just get the titles. But um, I've walked with enough people through uh, sickness, uh, cancer, it's one thing to walk through it the first time in ignorance. It's another thing to walk through it again and again with knowledge. You know what's ahead. You know the treatments. And it just, it takes a deeper faith at those times than here we are again. But God, you didn't leave me the first time. I'm trusting you're going with me again. Can I hear an amen? amen. When it comes to these troubled hearts for these disciples... Put yourself in their place for just one moment. These disciples, are the, they have just been lifted up to the highest level that they've known. They've come into the holy city at Passover, and they are recognized with the king of glory walking in the city, shouting and dancing and rejoicing. I mean, the crowds couldn't be bigger, and it, it's just nice to be noticed that we're next to the king right now. And by the end of the week, everything had turned upside down. You ever had a week like that? For them, they had just heard. I mean, they're at the Seder. They're at the Last Supper. And they've just, just heard. I mean, they knew the night was a little different. But they've just heard of a betrayal in their own group. Boy, it hurts when somebody stabs you in the back. It's close to you. Part of the team has broke away. But not only have they heard that, the master has just said he's going on a trip and they can't go. And then on top of all that, they've just heard that the leader of the pack, Peter, is going to deny the Lord. The foretelling of that. Not just once, not twice, three times. Can you imagine any of the disciples that was close enough to hear that personal conversation between Jesus and Peter? 
They're like, is this boy stupid or what? He's warning you, and you'll do it three times. Surely he's stupid enough to do it once, but twice, three times? Has the master ever been wrong? I mean, can you imagine now the swirl that's going on? Isn't it just like us? That when things start going bad, doesn't it seem like everything's going bad? How many of you know when your washing machine breaks down, get ready, the dryer, dryer's getting ready to go out too? And if one car has a flat, the next car is going to lose a belt or you just lose the whole transmission. How, how many has been there? If you rip the seat out of your pants, just know that day's not going to get any better. For us, we also have troubled hearts. Life, it comes at us. And yet, when we talk about the Father's house, there's, there's more to it. Jesus has been teaching all along certain things like the model prayer, teaching that your kingdom come here on earth just as it is. And I'm going to t- change the scripture just, just a tweak without doing any injustice. As we know, on earth as it is in heaven. But can we say here on earth just like it is in the Father's house? Wow. So whatever this Father's house is like, wow. He's inviting us to experience some of it here. I like what the songwriter said. It's a foretaste of glory divine. How many have experienced a foretaste of the Father's house? You see, this faith that also our earthly fathers comes along reminds us, and we can be again reminded of another teaching Jesus did that teaches us even in the midst of a storm. There's a rock. Because Jesus told those early disciples, he said, even hell itself will throw everything it's got against you, but it won't prevail because you have a faith in the rock of your salvation. I like going to Paul, and, and I, I've been here for weeks. It just, it just keeps taking me deeper and deeper and deeper as I think about what he wrote to us, to the Romans, and we get to share it as well. This God that foreknew us predestined us. And he didn't leave us there, but he called us. It becomes present. And in that, he's justified us. How many has experienced justification? How many is glad that you've been justified in his sight? How many knows you were dog, dirty dog, dirty, guilty, and yet in his eyes, guilty? I just heard a testimony earlier today where God's mercy showed up when it wasn't expected. Is that right, Brother Jeff? And his brother says, God has to help us fools. They're not alone, are they? To experience this thing that he foreknew us, predestined, called, justified, and glorified. And which speaks to us today about this father's house and what it brings in that and For a moment, I want you to get your imagination caps on and do the best we can. We'll be very limited, but you see this entire spectrum of God's wisdom in one verse 
that speaks to us that God already has plans to glorify us, but looks back all the way to infinity past when he foreknew us. And wherever we are in that spectrum, to know that God truly, God the Father knows where we are and has had a plan for us all the way through. How amazing this comforts us. And this is what Jesus is telling his disciples. Let not your hearts be troubled. In other words, he could have said, I know you guys are messed up right now. And I know things are going the wrong way right now. But don't let it trouble your hearts. Because in my father's house, let me tell you about my daddy's house. Let me tell you about the father's house. Oh my goodness, in my father's house are many rooms. Now for me, that's speaking clearer today than any time in the past. And I know I've shared this in preaching or teaching in the past. If you go to the Middle East today, that same tradition is being passed on. You'll see the original house that was built by one of the fathers and the son leaves and he finds him a bride and When it's time to marry, they don't go down the street or in the next subdivision or in the next city. They just start adding on to daddy's house and raise their own family there. And then by the time grandfather's enjoyed his son all these many years, he's hearing word that his grandson's going to get married. And he goes out and finds him a wife. And you know where he builds? He doesn't go across town either. He adds on to the house again because you see in the father's house are many rooms the generations whoo my god they're all there together you see we start getting a vision of this thing called heaven we get a vision of what this thing's really all about we get a vision of oh my goodness those things that i've enjoyed about my earthly father and the little antics the little jokes that he had they're speaking to me now let me give you a couple of my earthly dad My dad just didn't know what to do with children much. Mom was the great uh, master of children. Dad just, he was trained to be a a breadwinner, a provider for the house. And when he came home, he really didn't want to be bothered with the kids. (laughs) But if you ever fell down, you knew what was going to come out of dad's mouth. I reminded my son this yesterday. You would fall down, dad would say, come here and I'll pick you up. Yeah, you got it. First time you go through that, you get over to dad and say, okay. Oh, okay. I got it myself. And the other thing my father would say, if you got hurt, especially if you were crying, he'd say, I didn't feel a thing. (laughs) And as much as that irritated us as children, do you know what I've been guilty of doing as I got older? (laughs) Yeah, you know who you are. You do the same thing. There are certain things about dad, certain things about his ways, certain things that he does that you cherish, that you wouldn't have any other way. Certain little colloquialisms, nomenclature, certain things, you just just adore him for that. Can we get that in our hearts today about the father's house? Instead of just, well, I'm just going to live life up now and I'll just take whatever's coming. Can we start having something yearning in us, desiring? You know how many funerals I've done? Oh, my goodness. 
And when you're doing that of a home going of one who's lived it well for a long, long time, there's a part of you that's weeping, but there's a part of you that's greatly rejoicing because they've been planning on this for a long time. There's been an address change, hasn't there, Brother Lynn? And you know in the moment you're a part of witnessing the fact of that. I've done many a funeral at a graveside and just say, now I'm going to take my privilege as pastor. I'm going to transfer membership from the Grace Life Church located on All Good Road, Marietta, Georgia, to the streets of glory, right down the street. Oh, my God. From Hallelujah Square. You see, those things start becoming a part of us when we realize from infinity past to that which we cannot see. He's got a plan. That rest that he gives. But there's another word I want to share. Some of you, military especially, you'll recognize it. Others, you've really never thought about it. But it's a great word. And we see it right here, even though it's not in print. And it's the word reconnaissance. For those of you military, it's abbreviated. Usually there's recon work. Somebody's got to go before the platoon. Somebody's going to go before the the team. Somebody's going to go ahead of the rest of them and they're going to survey the land. In the Bible, we know of 12 witnesses that went into the glory land, the promised land, and 10 of them came back with a bad report, but two of them said, come on, let's go. Because the recon work says, man, I don't listen to the rest of these guys. Look at the grapes we brought. Man, you can feast on one grape all day long and the fields are fertile with them. The recon work, that which goes before, that which comes back with report. That report that encourages others. You see the work, and I shared this at the prayer meeting last Wednesday. The shepherd of sheep. We read the 23rd Psalm, but we don't understand all of it until you do a little study when you're going to another pasture, it doesn't just happen. Oh, look, that looks pretty good over there. Let's try it out. Oh, no. The shepherd's already gone there. The shepherd's already removed anything poisonous growing in the field and removed it. Any sharp rock that may hurt one of the sheep, get them cut, and then infections start. He's already taken time to do the recon work. He's got it prepared. Now we can follow the master. We can follow the shepherd and go to the new place. And we have a confidence. He's already led us to other places. We can trust him. Wow. And the good shepherd of our soul has said, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to go to my father's house. You see that recon work, to go ahead, to survey it, to check it out. We know that Jesus went there 10 days and came back for 40. You see, he's given report. Yeah, it's better than I've even been able to share with you up until this time. The, I'm first fruits now, that gathering information, that encouraging, whether it's a military move, many of us have been on Christian missionary trips Somebody's done some recon work. They know where the restrooms are. They know where all the best restaurants are. Can I hear a hallelujah in the house? You don't ever want to go on a trip if somebody hasn't done previous work. Trust me. They can have the best person out in the world, but if you can't find a restroom when you need it, you're in a heap of trouble. But if you go with a good guide, I'll go with you again. 
you see, my father's house. Jesus was beginning to share with us about all about the father's house. I won't get real emotional with you, but I will tell you something that anchors me more than it ever could have in my life. I'm Father's Day. You see, today, all of my fathers that's ever had a role in my life are no longer are here on the planet. My earthly father stayed here a long time, 102 years. But he's in my heavenly father's house right now. My earthly father-in-law is now in my father's house. Spiritual fathers that I've had, they're all there together. I'm still here, but I don't take that as discouraging. It is that thing that helps me even right now. Because in the back of my mind, I hear him say, preach it, Randy. Come on, tell him. Tell him. Keep on preaching it. Keep on telling him. Keep on sharing the good news. They're already rejoicing, already have the reward, but that speaks to me today. They paved the way about life and ministry. They paved the way about doing business ethically and doing it correctly, about being an earthly father and doing a good job at it and staying consistent. I'm reminded of the Hebrew writer says, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. For those of you that are Star Wars fans, you know at the end of that first showing, they have Obi-Wan Kenobi and some of the others there, that homage. You see, I've got that. I've got those that are calling me, not just my earthly fathers that are now of my heavenly father, my mother, and so many others. I've done so many funerals now of, of members that I've loved and worshipped with. I feel like a piece of me goes on the ground with each one of them. But it speaks to me that this thing's worth living. We used to sing, faith of our fathers, right? Holy word. This thing that we're doing today is about the father's house. So there's one more thing I'll share with you. That, that reconnaissance Jesus did for us. If I go, prepare, I'm going to prepare a place for you. That where I am, you may be also. Does that speak to you today? I mean, does that really speak to you today? Now, you may not plan, be planning on leaving this earth today, and you might not be excited about that thought yet today. But that day will come. And what's it going to be like? I've been by the bedside of many leaving this world, and I'll ask them, what are you sensing if they're still able to speak? Are those in their last days or weeks of life, are there things that the Holy Spirit's sharing with you? As soon as I get the privilege, I'm going to have uh, Reverend Rich Bowen come and speak to you. Rich Bowen died twice in the last 13 months pastored a church, one particular church in Augusta over 50 years. Many of you know about him. But the thing that I love is, and I trust this man, he said both times he didn't see an angel or a light. He said, I saw Jesus both times. I won't steal his thunder. I'll let him come and speak to you. And yet, 
where are we going as we conclude today on this Father's Day about a Father's house, a house we haven't been to yet? What's it like? Is it calling on you? Have you imagined what it's like? Are you looking forward to whenever that day comes? Does it bring peace? Does it bring a confidence to you? Does it remind you in times of temptation? I don't know how long this temptation on earth may last, and it sounds great, but can it compare with my father's house? No. It's the thing that'll keep you steady. It'll keep you on the straight and narrow. It's that thing that speaks to you, and it's that thing that we can reckon on. Jesus reminds us, but Paul came along as well. He said, seek those things which are above. Set your affections upon things which are above. You see, this is the thing about heaven. Heaven isn't just above us. It's ahead of us. Again, this is what Paul was trying to bring, and this is where I want to leave us today. I want to give you a secret for living. If you'll take it, if you'll own it, and if you'll exercise it. Now, before I share it with you, most of you know I've suffered an injury. I've gone through my surgery. I've gone through my early part of wearing a sling, protecting, and now I'm in this thing called PT. How many knows what PT is? Physical torture. I mean, physical therapy, excuse me. And as you go through it, and you're going through the exercises. It seems like, oh my goodness, all I can think about is the pain until you realize I'm one inch higher than I was last time. Yes. It's that hope that next time I can get an inch higher and higher. Oh, look at you all impressed right now. <laughs> Let me show you what's impressive. I can reach behind my back. <laughs> you see anything will preach I, I, I got a whole sermon series on physical therapy I'll share with you one day <laughs> but here's what I want to leave with you the father's house Jesus promised that he's going to prepare a place what's your room look like you see I believe he's a great designer an architect. I don't think we're going to get there one day. It's like, whoop, I got the wrong room, the wrong color. I think it'll be spot on. But not only that, I think about this being with all those others and how glorious and wonderful and the focus of that. And so Jesus said, let your hearts be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also... And would I have not told you all these things if it, if it wasn't true? I'm going to do it, and I'm coming again to get you. And in all of that, this, this is the very matrix. This is the very core of our faith. As much as we are to enjoy life now, as much as we are to enjoy the things that we can enjoy in life, it is that thing our faith promises us about the Father's house. So my point is simply this. Many will live in the past. You know who they are. Every time you talk to them, I used to do this. 
We used to go there. I used to have three of those. I used to, I used to, I used to. It's sad to hear somebody living in the past all the time. It's also dangerous to find those who live in the present only, just living in the moment, just living whatever comes their way. The real secret is not only balancing those, but living from the future. Wait a minute, did he say that wrong? Living from the future? Wait a minute, I can't live in the future. But living from the future changes your perspective. Once again, Paul said it this way, the one who foreknew us an infinite past, foreknew us, predestined, called, justified, and now infinity future has glorified us. If we learn to live from the future, now we have that speaking to us. We have that calling on us. We have that reminding us that no matter what I'm going through right now, this isn't the end. That which is speaking to me, that which I have the privilege of owning in him. In other words, don't live from the position of pain or the problem. Live with problems solved in your heart. That's not denial. The problem will be taken care of. The secret is focusing on that. Lord, I don't know when the problem is going to be solved, but I'm already resting in the fact that all good things come from you. And there's nothing that I go through that you haven't already seen me through it. And you've already got a plan for me. So, Lord, I'm not going to focus on my present problem. I will deal with it. I will give it its due, but I'm not going to live in it. I'm not just going to live in the obstacle. I'm going to live from the victory already won. I know that in him, good comes out of all things to them who love him, who are called according to his purpose. You see, that's, that scripture speaks to us with depth, that good comes out of all things. How many of us have been guilty of saying that something good needs to happen right now? But when you understand that spectrum, good comes out of all things. You, be, you may be in the midst of the worst storm of your life, but if you'll live from the future, then it helps you to stand and say, I don't know what else I can do now, but this one thing I know, you will supply my needs according to your riches and glory. I'm going to start praising you right now. I'm going to praise you for my victory right now. I'm going to praise you for my miracle right now. I'm going to praise you for my healing right now because all those things are there already. I just can't see them. I'm not experiencing them, but I am going to get there in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Would you stand with me?